There is nothing better than sending you into the weekend with a little bit of Coach Dave McGinnis of Titans Radio. Coach Mack joins us right now, presented by our friends at Farm Bureau Health Plans, like an extra set of pads. They've been protecting Tennesseans since 1947. My man, Mack, how we living, buddy? Buck, great talking to you. Before we start talking ball, and I know we'll talk balls probably a little bit. I watched every bit of that last night and the Titans. Uh, how was dinner last night? You don't have to tell me. Uh, you don't have to reveal where you went, but you and I had talked about it at the Jarrell Casey event, and you told me you were going to dinner at a place you hadn't tried before. Uh, I had been there, and I want to get your review. Okay, so the review is, as we discussed, the uh, the place that maintains the best steak in the city, in my heart. That is still the case, but, the, I mean, the, the scene – the, the view from where we were, Mac, uh, exceptional. The service, exceptional. The food, still very, very, very good. Uh, but it does not unseat my favorite place to get a steak in Nashville. Um, but it was it was a fantastic time. I'm glad that we went. Very good. Very good. And, of course, the only reason I was interested is because <laughs> Daryl was going with you, not not you. I could care less All right. about what about how, what time, kind of time you had. <laughs> Why, Mackie, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to bring her in here one day when we do our Friday segment, and we're going to like make her a part of the proceedings because she feels she feels left out. Dara, Dara, of course, is my girlfriend for the audience who does not know, and Coach Mack is her favorite human being of all time, bar none. So we are going to bring her in for maybe maybe next Friday we do that, Mack. Well, actually, maybe not because there's an actual game to play, but we'll see. We'll figure it out. All right. Okay. <laughs> Glad you liked it. Glad I, you both liked it. Had, we had a great time. So, Mac, Good. let's let's start with let, before we get to the Vols game. Let's talk about the yeah. event that you and I were at yesterday, which is, of course, Drell Casey's retirement ceremony. Not ten years in the league, nine years with this organization. The only person who has more sacks with the Tennessee Titans during the Titans era since they moved here than Jarrell Casey is Javon Curse. So high praise and high caliber uh, quality of player and individual that we're talking about. What? How can you describe for the audience Jarrell Casey at the peak of his powers as a dominant presence in the league? Consummate pro, consummate professional. I, you know, I've got a, you know, that, I, I was there yesterday because I've got a special connection to Jarrell because I was on the staff. You know, the one year I stayed with Mike Munchak as yeah. his senior assistant, and 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 you know, I, I I vetted a lot of players in that draft. I remember uh, Rustin Webster came down the morning of the draft way early. About seven in the morning, I was in my office, you know, going and and he asked me straight up because I'd watched a lot of tape, you know, and had written a report, you know, on several of the players. And he asked me straight out, "Would you would you draft this guy with our third round pick today?" And I said, "Absolutely, I would," because what you saw on tape, I mean, and you had to disregard it to throw out everything that you thought about, you know, size and dimensions and, and what fit the ideal. Uh, profile for a defensive lineman in this league. All the guy did was make plays at USC against everybody that he played against. And I, I remember telling Rustin, you know, I said, this guy would be a perfect three technique in the National Football League. And and the thing about Jarrell was, first of all, he played just the, the energy that he played with, that everybody witnessed for his nine years here at the Titans. That's exactly what he did at USC. But he had extreme lower body flexibility. And, and plus, he was just – he was really, really a sudden player and relentless effort. And so I was very, very, uh, you know, proud of him for what he did. And then when I returned to the Titans and saw how much he had developed, you know, as a, as a player physically – 
And then, you know, of course, what he and his wife have done in the community. Look, consummate professional. One of my favorite dudes ever. I gave him a big hug. Uh, you saw it after, you know, after the proceedings because, you know, I'm just, I'm just very proud of those guys. And you feel a little connection to them when you've had a little bit of something, you know, to do with, you know, vetting them when they came into the league. And so I was, uh, what, what Amy Adams Strunk and John Robinson and the Titans did was so appropriate. And you could tell that he genuinely loves the Titans and he loves Nashville and he and his wife are, will always be a big part of this community. I love that proceedings yesterday a lot, Buck. Yep. It was so cool to see, and, and especially given how how blunt and how honest Jarrell Casey is, where, you know, his, his comments, and understanding this is not the case just for Jarrell, but for many players who have been traded away from a place that they spent so much time trying to bring back to, to uh, a level of greatness as Jarrell did throughout the course of his career here in Tennessee from the lows to ultimately to an AFC championship game. In his final year with the team, the, the dynamic with him and John Robinson I thought was so interesting mac because it's rare that the players are that kind of honest with how how much that hurts when they get traded uh in a situation like that and and to describe to hear him describe you know the phone call that he had with john in order to kind of set up yesterday's proceedings i i thought it really i thought it really lent something to what this organization is like and how they treat players like that who have who have been such a critical part of this team's history well, something, you know, the, the, the stark honesty and truth about this league is this, Buck, you know, and this is for all of our listeners, too. I mean, I spent uh, over half my adult life in the National Football League. So, I mean, I, I, I learned it very quickly. It is a great game. It's a great game. There's, a, there's so much great about it, but it's a brutal business. Yeah. It's a brutal business, and you have to be able to separate that. And it does; it gets personal because you've got to get personally involved with people. It's a it's a people business because you're doing something so intense with the time when the time that you're together. And so clearly, sometimes you know, and I've been involved in in in, in a lot of these situations, you know, where you know where where the emotions are really high. But but at the end of it all, then the true feelings you know, come out about how, how close you get when you're doing this. I, that's why I say I, I absolutely love the whole tone and timber of that whole thing yesterday. And, and, and I was so happy, you know, for Jarrell because rightfully so. He is ensconced here as one of the really, really good and great Titans players. And the thing that I admire about Jarrell, I mean, he, he was playing some of his best football when the Titans weren't as good, yes. you know, as, as what I was used to when I left here, nor that what they are now since – Mike Vrabel and John Robinson have taken over. So to see him persevere through all of that, uh, you know, and, 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 I, and I liken it some, a little bit some uh, as to what Keith Bullock went through, you know, when, when, the, when uh, you know, we had to uh, jettison a lot of great players because of huge salary cap implications by keeping that Super Bowl team together. But those kind of pros that excel and work through those hard times and bring the, and bring the younger players along with them, I mean, those guys are special, and that's what Jarrell was. I love seeing Derek Morgan there, too. I mean, it's yeah. very cool. Yeah. No, Kevin, uh, Kevin Byard and Derek Morgan were in attendance yes. yesterday at this press conference. Coach Dave McGinnis of Titans Radio here with us on 104.5 The Zone. So, of course, you're, you're locked in on college football. You've got the Coach to Coach show with Doug Matthews on Saturdays. Saturday mornings is when you can check that out here on 104.5 The Zone. So, Mac, with I mean, it's a 32-point win over a bad Bowling Green team. I think everybody was most focused on the offense and particularly the quarterback, Joe Milton. What did you make of him in his performance 
and how they adjusted after he seemed to he seemed to get a little erratic is not the word, but he seemed to not be able to execute what they were asking in the passing game outside of the first quarter and the way that they kind of developed the run game around him. You know, and as you said, I'm very dialed in now on on on, on collegiate football, especially the Southeastern Conference, because we do that statewide coach to coach show for 20 weeks, and so uh, yeah, Doug and I take a deep dive into everybody, and especially especially the, the the Tennessee you know volunteers. Right. First of all, let me just say this: on television, that crowd Ooh. that was cool. It was I miss that so much. That place is amazing. I mean, and 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 Vols fans. You know the whole the whole Vol for Life thing and the and the Vol Nation. It's real. It's real. And they were all so excited about it. And when you get down and you break it down, of course, you know Bowling Green was overmatched. All right. But here's what happens. And I'm very I'm very well versed on this type of offense because you know I, I know the principles of it. I know people that have run it in the past. I mean I'm I know about it. And so here's what here's what you have to do. It, it's it's every and I don't want anybody to get. Uh, for our our listeners that are volunteer fans, it's it's not meant to be just a big play, throw it down the down the field sixty yards every snap. That's not what this is. Right. It's a and when it's working at its best, it's a move the chains offense that runs at a high pace. Now they were working at a very high pace, but what derails it is when you get behind the chains, and that's what we saw in the second quarter. And what you have to be willing to do as a quarterback and as an offense, you've got to be willing to take what they give you because they have to make a choice defensively whether they're going to spread out and play coverage and get a light box. And that was a nice adjustment that that, that the the Vols coaches made once they started getting that light box, you know, and they figured it out, then they started running that, that, that split zone crunch play that uh, Bowling Green had no answer to because they didn't have enough people to stop it. All right. The run, which is, which is the run, but the passes, you know, that, that have to be, that have to be thrown and the passes that have to be completed are those passes, those inside routes. They didn't complete enough of those and those move the chain routes. That's what has to happen. Now, he had a lot of time to stand back there and, and try to throw the long pass because the offensive line was completely dominating, yeah. you know, Bowling Green's defensive front, as they should. But this is a, this is a work in progress. But what I did like about the, the, about the team, that just watching them play, they played with a lot of energy. Yes. They played with a lot of energy. And what I also liked about it is you can see there's a very definite plan as to what they're going to be, both offensively and defensively. And plus, really, and the coaches on both sides, the Bowling Green staff and the volunteer staff, they made some adjustments during the game. I liked that little chess match going back and forth. But it was a, it was a first-time out learning experience. It's a it's a win, but there's a lot of things they need to work on. But just believe this: that offense, that offense, as as high a pace as it as it runs, you can see what how teams can can defeat it if they're able to get three and outs on the Vols' offense and then slow the game down when they have the ball offensively, which was what you saw in the second quarter. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's probably my my biggest. My biggest positive takeaway from that, Mac, as you just outlined, is it was so refreshing to see the plan that the coaches had put in place on both sides of the ball. And the execution, right. again, it's a work in progress, as you outlined. But that, I think, is what Vols fans are so desperately trying to buy after being sold an entirely different thing the past couple of years. Well, and, you know, I'm going to be completely honest because, I mean, that's why the Coach to Coach show is so popular because we're completely honest. But we go into detail, you know, about, about what teams are doing. 
and 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 to me that's exactly that's exactly what I saw. But uh, you can tell what the plan is, and as I said, I know what this offense looks like because I've seen it before when it's operated at a high level, regardless of where you know it, it's it's being used and at to what level is it, it's a move the chain type of thing. And so that's what you have to do is to be able to find the open spots because defenses have to make the fit. And you and you uh, again, we're talking a lot of ball now, but you you saw what they started doing. They started getting plus numbers plus splits. Yeah. And when that box widened out, I mean, they could run all day. Yeah, and the running backs were absolutely eating. Joe Milton, by the way, as well, did did a lot of damage on the ground. We can't take we can't take that away from. One more thing on the Vols, though. And by the way, Mac, let's not kid ourselves. The Coach to Coach Show is popular not just because you guys are incredibly honest about what you're seeing on the film, but just like when you walked into the studio yesterday, and all of a sudden, just uh, just a Coach Mac appearance on the camera. Me and Lucas saw the numbers spike on the stream. A lot of sex appeal on the camera, Mac. We know how it goes. Let's not kid ourselves here. But with with uh, Joe Milton, I the the flat footedness, Mac. <laughs> I, I was going crazy watching him hold the ball in the pocket the way that he was, and just standing there. And I know that that ha- I know that that has a tangible effect on the quarterback's accuracy. That's something that he had a little bit of at Michigan as well. How do you coach a quarterback out of that? Well, they've got to continue to work on. I mean, look. As I said, of course, the guy—you can tell the guy's got a real strong arm. Yeah. But you know, it—it—it it, it, it needs it. First of all, timing, the the timing of it. The longer that you hold the ball, the more your arm has got a chance to launch up. And you know what I'm saying? Right. It's timing. There's there's timing on it. And 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 they could have had some huge explosive plays if he just hits two of those things. But anyway, that's you know ifs and buts or candy and nuts. The thing about it is, is he's not going to have that kind of time once he gets in the Southeastern Conference. Let's be honest, you know, because as I said, that offensive line just completely crushed that defensive that defensive front, you know, that they were up against, as they should have. So it, it, it's timing, and plus, you know, you've got to get it. This is a rhythm offense. When it's really clicking, it's a rhythm offense. Believe me, it's not just line up and see how far you can throw it every time because teams aren't going to allow you to do that. That's where they started playing too deep, you know, and started backing up and make, you know, making you run past them at 25 yards before you could clear the coverage. And so that's not what it's about. It's rhythm. It's rhythm and touch, and that can only be developed by repetition. Coach Dave McGinnis of Titans Radio here with us on 104.5 The Zone. So let's talk some Titans, Max, some, some sure. transactions that were made yesterday, uh, the two, the two of, of most note probably to the fans, um, the idea that and it's, it's the short-term IR, which is a great asset for all of these coaches and general managers to be able to utilize despite uh, the situation dealing with COVID and things like this. Darrington Evans goes on the short-term IR. He has not played and not practiced since experiencing a knee injury against the Falcons. McNichols still, Jeremy McNichols still on the COVID list. So before we talk about Darrington Evans, what what did you see from Makai Sargent? Because he's on this fifty three man roster right now, and he is going in the in the immediate. He is right now looked at as Derrick Henry's backup. What makes him stand out to you? Well, I mean, just the effort that he plays with, and plus he's a, he's a relentless runner when he has it. You know, shorter in stature, but he doesn't give up. And plus, he's got strength. I mean, he's got contact balance. He's got contact balance and strength, and and that's what I saw. And so, you know, if he if he indeed is the number two running back when we get ready to, to to saddle it up against the Cardinals, he'll still bring that same he'll still bring that same effort, you know, to, to what he's doing. I, and, and here's the other thing is I don't think he'll be awed 
you know, by by uh, playing in a in a regular season game because he does he doesn't look like that kind of player to me. He looks like the guy that just wants to go out there and play ball and 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 go as hard as he can because you know when you've got players like this that that you know are are smaller in stature than people think you should be to fit the mold of a of a of a big time a power five collegiate player or an NFL player. These guys have been dealing with that all their lives. He's not awed by anything. So. Yeah, that's what I saw. And I mean, I saw a guy that did everything that he was possible that he was possibly and probably asked asked to do. And so, you know, we'll just see. You know, Derek and Evans, you know, hopefully can be back off of that three week recall. You know, hopefully he gets he gets healthy and comes back. But, you know, hope is not a strategy in the National Football League once the regular season starts, Buck. You know, so you gotta go with what you got. So quickly, Matt, because we're almost at the end of our segment. We we know yeah. we we know what Darrington Evans was on film at App State. We know the traits. We know what he's capable of. This is something that's been a, a disappointment for him. I'm certain with with the injuries that he's experienced, and certainly with the fan base because he hasn't been able to get out there except for a short sample size last year. What is what can he bring to this offense if he's right that they are currently missing from him right now? Well, I mean, he did. He's just another. He's just another punch to the offense. And but you're right. The thing that has to happen, he's got to be available. Right. He's got to be available. I know what he is. I know what I vetted him coming out of out of App State. That I'm sure I know what they vetted too. But you can have all of that. But if you're not out there available, it doesn't really matter. So the first thing he's got to do is be available for for a length of time. Coach Dave McGinnis of Titans Radio. We are getting closer and closer to September the twelfth with kickoff between the Titans and the Cardinals in week one. You can hear the Coach to Coach show with him and Doug Matthews on Saturday mornings. Max all over the place, the OTP as well. They're producing some great content as always. Mac, we appreciate the time, my brother. Enjoy the weekend. Buck, have a great weekend. Thanks for having me. See you. Okay. We will come back. We will wrap up the show. We'll tell you what's going to happen on Monday in my absence because it's Labor Day and your boy could use a break. I'm Buck Rising. This is 104.5 The Zone.